I'm Jess. I'm Allison. And together we run a marketing agency called Sponge. A few years ago, we ditched the corporate treadmill to build the company we've always wanted to work for, and we've never looked back. So welcome to the Beyond Marketing Podcast. We talk about marketing, growing a business, confronting burnout, and unapologetically enjoying our families. Today, we interviewed Jess Larkin, named marketing manager at Okta. Allison and Jess go way back, so we're catching up with her about life at Okta, having a baby during the pandemic, and the ins and outs of account-based marketing. Well, hey guys, I'm Jess. I'm a named marketer at Okta. Um, So kind of by way of background, from the start, I knew I wanted to do something in mass comm or marketing, public relations, content. And I think I'm one of the few people I know that actually use their degree on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) So right out of college, I got really lucky and walked in to be the managing editor of a local healthcare publication. So I got a background on healthcare, publishing, and just content creation all the way around. So from there, I moved into B2B healthcare marketing um, at a little boutique firm in Annapolis, Maryland. It was right on the water, so super gorgeous. And that gave me a lot of great experience across different clients and in the B2B sector. Mm -hmm. So I uh, got fortunate enough for my next step to join the marketing team at a fintech company as their content marketing manager. Uh, Through my tenure there, I got to wear many hats just beyond that content role. So, you know, I really focused on events, thought leadership, webinar development, demand gen, as well as a fledgling ABM program. (laughs) It's also where I kind of, you know, learned a bit more about the MarTech stack that's out there. And I also got to meet the marketing mavens of Sponge. I was going to say, are we talking about e-original here? Because that is how Jess and I, um, Jess Larkin and I have met and and learned a lot about account-based together, really. I think that was where we had started Mm -hmm. learning that trend and then got in on it early. And then we'll just sprinkle in. Yep as well for her expertise. So it's it's funny how that all worked out. Um, and then after EO, I shifted over to Okta, who has really, you know, led the charge for account-based marketing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they realize it's the name of the game these days. And that's where I've landed. That's awesome. And how did you find going from like a startup to like such a huge company that was also focused in ABM? Like, did ABM feel very different? Like, did marketing feel very different? It felt extremely different. So I went from, you know, a very small pond to a very large ocean. It felt like, I mean, our demand gen department at Okta is, I think, bigger than the last company you know, multiple departments combined. So there is an expert for everything, which is amazing. People can really hone in on their skill sets and be the best at what they do. Um, It's just a matter of knowing your swim lanes and realizing you're working with a lot of brilliant folks. Yeah, I think that could be a challenge too, because just, I remember when we were running marketing together, oftentimes people would come and say, wait, there's only like two or three of you doing this. <laughs> and we would pat ourselves on the back and be like, yeah, it's only like a three person team running marketing, but it, it took a lot of work. But now to have you having that support of such a huge team must be such a culture shock for sure. It is. It's uh, I've assimilated. I think I've been this since July of 2019. So all good things. Yeah. Good. So you're also um, a new mom. You've got two little ones at home. So how has that been managing, well, I guess, kids, newborn, and working (laughs) remotely? We'd love to hear 
how that's been going for you. <laughs> so, you know, I'm really lucky. I have two amazing boys. Eli is almost two and a half and Wyatt will be five months old next week. Totally wow. underestimated. Um, having two kids in diapers. I feel like we spend a lot of time at the changing table. <laughs> um, but outside of that, you know, I joke I'll sleep that I'm, when I'm dead. But in all reality, I'm really lucky. Um, my husband, Jesse, he's a very hands-on dad and he's always doing things with the boys, taking them to the park, having Eli out in the garden with him. Um, also, the grandparents on both sides, they're retired and I have the only set of grandkids. That's so, nice. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so I'm super lucky. I have grandma daycare all the way around and awesome. even with all kind of like the covid crazy last year we never had a hiccup with childcare. and i mean you both know you're both moms so especially awesome. when you get into that precocious two-year-old stage mm-hmm. you can't work you can't do anything else because they're like an octopus i mean yeah you try and answer <laughs> yeah. an email and they're like spilling your coffee with one hand and scribbling on the wall with the other so. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh thankful to have child care or whenever I need it. And then also Okta has a family first culture, which has made kind of balancing this work family situation less stressful. Um, you know, I got a four and a half month maternity leave, which was that's, huge. That's uh, so amazing. It, it yeah. was amazing. It let us kind of find our new normal. And that was during the pandemic, right? It was. Like, yeah. I had Wyatt November 16th. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it really let us kind of just bond, find a new normal. And it's never an issue if somebody has to go to a doctor's appointment. Um, yeah. You know, I think when they say it takes a village, it's not just your family. I think it's your work family as well. Yeah, I agree. Totally. 100%. Yeah. And you guys know that you started sponge and you have control of all of that. So, you know, I'm really thankful for my family as well as my work family, which makes balance working remotely and being a mom doable. <laughs> Very doable. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, it's just a change. It's just like necessary to have control over your time. I started sponge like when Evelyn was like five months old Mm -hmm. um, because it was just immediately apparent that it wasn't going to (laughs) work. The startup culture was not conducive to to having a family. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I was going to say it's so important to have a company that supports the the parents for sure, especially Mm -hmm. now during the pandemic. Um, You know, Matt's work was really helpful in that way. Um, and yeah, sponge definitely leans to helping parents <laughs> in a stressful time. Um, so I think that's really cool. I will say the biggest adjustment honestly hasn't been the uh, leap from one kid to two kids. It's, I've always been remote at Okta. I'm a remote based employee. Oh, yeah. Um, but my husband has always been an in-office employee over the mm, years. So uh, the biggest change I think has been having Jesse home all yeah. the time, which is, it's a double-edged sword. It's great because, you know, we can snag lunch together and catch up during the day, but you know, there's competing conference calls. Yeah. Yes. So that is such know. a problem. I feel that that's because Matt and I share an office and it is like, oh my gosh, who's leaving the office. Right. Who's got to go? but all good. Yeah. Well, and when you're remote, you're on the phone, like eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty doesn't, much. It doesn't end. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> sure. You guys all know how it goes. So circling back to the account-based marketing, what challenges have you come across as you've been planning campaigns? So, you know, challenges, I think, is account readiness at the beginning of a quarter when we're putting our plans together, when we're allocating our budget an account may still be hanging out in like an awareness stage. 
mm-hmm. for instance, and not really ready for deeper funnel activities or true like one-to-one ABM. Um, but I found that it's really important to plan for the why now or aha moment and be ready to flip the switch and have that budget carved out to help progress the deal, um, you know, move that deal cycle forward. I think it's always important to think a few stages ahead and have a few ideas ready to go. Um, and I think also making sure that you have stellar vendors available that can really act as an extension of your in-house team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have the best plan in the world, but if you can't rely on your vendors to kind of pick up with some last minute execution, it can unravel things at the worst possible moment and prove really challenging. So, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, so how are you gauging when someone should be moved from awareness or a company moves from awareness to the next stage? Cause I know that can differ from company to company who's, who's doing account-based marketing. So curious how you guys. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we have lead scoring models in place, but we look at a few different factors, both the qualitative and the quantitative. Mm -hmm. Um, We're leveraging six cents to see where they are from an engagement perspective. Mm -hmm. We're looking at what the SDRs and the AEs are doing um, in relation to the high value targets at those accounts. And then we are kind of looking at a scoring model for account readiness. Mm-hmm. to push things through. Um, do you have like a funnel for your accounts? Like, do you like have different statuses that you're trying to move them from? Like, I hear you saying awareness. So like, are you trying to push people from like awareness to engage or to mm-hmm. qualified or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, we have the early stage opportunities. I think it's um, stage zero through stage three or four mm-hmm. where it goes from awareness to engaged and progresses all the way through. Okay, so, cool. Um, I have another colleague who is looking into Sixth Sense. How would you say that software is? Do you like it? So far, so good. So previously we had uh, demand base. Mm -hmm. And um, we've recently, and by recently, I mean, I set up my audiences and market segments earlier this week in Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's very new. We're actually working on a project with it and it's like, oh yeah, the fields are now in Marketo. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But so far I really like it because- it shows the market buying stages that are aligned to things. So we have target awareness, consideration, decision, and then purchase ready mm-hmm. going on. But then they'll also give us persona maps, which is oh. really nice. And in those persona maps, we can say, all right, we have C-suite, VP, director level, and various buckets or personas across the company. Yeah. Um, and I found that extremely helpful. We can also set up, you know, kind of similar to demand base alerts that go out to our Mm -hmm. AEs for shifts in engagement or activities that are taking place. Nice. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited to see how that like really gets implemented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely have to keep us posted there. For sure. So just along the technology line, in your opinion, what are the absolute must have in place technologies that you would recommend for a company that's, you know, considering ABM or is doing ABM to, to, to launch something that would be successful? So, I mean, obviously, you know, you have your sales force. That's kind of a must-have industry. So CRM, check. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) CRM, check 100%. And then, you know, the Marketo, HubSpot, Eloqua, one of those were a Marketo house at Mm -hmm. Okta. um, Data insights, the sixth sensor demand base. Mm -hmm. And then what um, I find extremely helpful, so we use follows, Mm -hmm. 
And in our follows instance, it's just been really crucial to scaling our one-to-one and one-to-few initiatives and also yeah. some vertical focused as well. So essentially follows allows us to build custom microsites that can be personalized by country. You can have personalized URLs um, by person. You have your high value targets identified. Um, and we can also drift enable those pages. So when it comes down to personalization, we can edit and update content and offerings based on who's hitting the page. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it really has allowed us to boost the impact of our ABM one-to-one programs by infusing kind of like personalized messages and content into the demand gen offers. But it's also really helped accelerate engagement and um, move things along with those early stage prospects. So Follows has kind of been my number one from an ABM perspective this year. And how do you guys, like, do you guys use MBOs or like how do you evaluate the effectiveness of your ABM programs? So we have a scoring model that we've implemented. You know, we've done, um, we've looked at different resources out there. Demand Base had an ABM program. And there was another one I took, and I can't remember for the life of me who it was through. (laughs) But in that coursework, you know, we pulled different scoring methodologies that not only gauged ABM readiness, but the success of our ABM efforts. Mm -hmm. And we melded that together to kind of create our own scoring model that looked at industry benchmarks. Cool. So would you say if someone was coming up in marketing and they wanted to, you know, pursue a more B2B account-based track, what are some tips you would give them today, knowing what you know now? Oh, um, I would probably say get as much cross-functional experience as possible. Um, It helps you find your sweet spot, but it also helps you figure out, I don't want to say what you don't like, but also areas that you maybe don't feel as passionate about or things that don't resonate with you. Um, So try it all out, basically. Try it all out. And, you know, as I, I started, it's not for everybody. Not everybody is a content person. Not everybody is a numbers person. I'm not a numbers person. I'll admit that wholeheartedly, but at least get a feel for it because, you know, A, you, you'll probably end up finding your sweet spot and B, it's really important to be well-versed in all the different roles across the marketing spectrum, because, you know, you're going to need to collaborate with teams mm-hmm. throughout your department. You're not just going to work with the demand gen org. You're not just going to work with corporate comms or lifecycle management, for instance. You need to have an understanding of what those different functions and what those stakeholders are doing. So that would be my word of advice coming up through. <laughs> That's good. Do you think you'll always be an ABM? Like, do you feel like it's a niche that you want to be in long-term or what do you, like, what are your aspirations? Do you have any? I really like ABM. It allows you to, or it allows me at least to flex my marketing brain and work in all different segments um, from the perspective of, I get to create events. If I need to work on content, I can do that. Um, It's also working shoulder to shoulder with sales. Which is nice because it adds some variety to the day, working with our ads team and leveraging what corporate comms is coming out with as well. So I definitely see myself kind of settling in here for a while. And, you know, let's face it, account-based marketing is the new it thing. Yeah. Especially if you have, you know, your list of logos that you're going after. So, right. 
Right. What has it been like being on like such a rocket ship? Like Okta has done like phenomenally well. Like, in fact, I was just thinking about our clients and I think the majority of them use Okta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, has that been kind of wild to experience? It's been insane. Um, and, you know, like coming on board with Okta pre-pandemic, yeah. I was blown away by all the resources and the people and just genuinely how brilliant the people on the team are just across the company. It's just such smart people and they're so dedicated to the success. You know, it's part of the culture. It's like just dedication to it. But then post pandemic, it really impressed me how quickly Okta pivoted, mm. not only internally to support the team globally working remotely. You know, we were all able to get the fun, fancy rising desks, <laughs> making sure people had what they needed to successfully work from home, but also how quickly we pivoted for our customers yeah. and enabled prospects to do a fast start so yeah. they could have their workforce or their customers having secure identity and access management. I mean, just, just across the board, I'm always impressed. Um, Did you right. see like a big, uh, like uptick in interest in Okta, like post pandemic? Cause I imagine as teams were like now all working from home, like maybe some of the security things that you kind of had on the back burner became more urgent. Right. Yeah. It was, it, I think the same thing. We did. I mean, you know, I think ultimately, brick and mortar businesses that always had their staff in office had to find a way to secure their perimeter and make sure not only their workforce, but customers in a lot of instances could log in and they weren't subjecting themselves to security breaches. So, you know, Okta rose to the occasion and it's, it's been nonstop. And even like from a marketing perspective, shifting all of our events and being super creative for virtual and still driving mm. impactful experiences and just trying to bridge the gap in human connection when we all have Zoom fatigue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been quite a year, but it's been a lot of positives too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so important to have colleagues that are, you know, interested in the same things that you are, but that are at the top of their game, because I feel like even if you're in a remote, you know, workspace, you can still learn from someone. And that's so important on a team, I feel like. Oh, yeah, for sure. So no, all good things, but man, it's been a crazy year. It has been for sure. <laughs> so what are your, like in terms of campaigns or how you guys are thinking about big priorities through the end of this year, like any major changes that you see coming on the horizon or anything that, that you're particularly excited about? From a campaign perspective, I think this year I'm excited to really start drilling in more with one-to-one programs. Hmm. that are highly targeted and also some one to few verticalized industry programs as well. We just had our annual user conference uh, this past week, Octane, and we had so many exciting product announcements. We also announced a big sustainability Hmm. initiative. So it's incorporating, you know, all of that great work into the campaigns we're running and pulling in those net new logos, but also accelerating existing deals deal cycles with all of that great stuff. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to wrapping that in. Cool. Yeah. And also trying to find more uh, innovative ideas to uh, hit our high value targets for sure. I don't know. I don't think we're going to be back in person this year, 
Okta is all about keeping folks safe. So just continuing to find ways to uh, not Zoom fatigue everybody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you're on the East Coast and they're on the West Coast. Were you traveling before to be in the office sometimes? or Sometimes. I would try and get up to San Fran um, every quarter. Okay. Um, But, you know, we would have various events that require travel, whether it was QBRs or in region, um, marketing events, sales kickoffs, whatever. So I would find myself traveling once every six weeks or so. Okay. Um, yeah. I miss business travel. I was going to say, do you want to go back? <laughs> Cause I feel yeah. like some people are split. They're either like, mm, no, actually it's quite nice being in my pajamas all day. And some people are like, this is my escape. It was yeah, my I wanted to escape. So, you know, always being remote and it, yes, I do miss business travel. I'd like if it came back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jess and I were just talking this morning about, do we want to do an in-person QBR? And I was like, yes, can yeah. we? <laughs> we're like, let's plan it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe an overnight. Like, yeah, <laughs> somewhere, you know? please. Yeah. Yes. Well, we were so spoiled because we got our, um, well, we try and do a sponge week every year. And we were got really lucky because we got the whole team together in January, right before the pandemic hit. Um, and we were in Puerto Rico for a week. So that was awesome. Um, and now we're trying to figure out what does that look like for this year? Cause we didn't do anything in, you know, in 2020. Um, I mean, I have a beach house in South Carolina. <laughs> well, now <laughs> we're all vaccinated. So. <laughs> I have to take so, you up on that. <laughs> it's open down there. I mean, all the restaurants and everything else. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. My friend just, uh, she's going through a divorce actually. And she was in Florida and she's like, yeah, I was like, can I do anything? Can I send you food? Like, what do you need? And she's like, yeah, I mean, like, come on down. Like I live right by the bars and everything. And this was like in January. And I was like, well, I mean, like, I don't know, like my kids are still in school. Like I'm not vaccinated. Like I'm not quite ready to go to Florida and just hang out with you at the bars yet. <laughs> but maybe soon, soon, maybe soon. Soon. Yes. Yes. We're getting there. We're getting there. What's the first place you want to go to when um, you feel like you guys are all traveling as a group? Um, I went to Sanibel down in Florida three and a half Ooh, weeks ago. Fun. I know, Jess, you're such a traveler too. So I feel like. <laughs> I've already booked like six trips. <laughs> what have you booked? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. We do South Carolina to the beach house a lot. I did Sanibel with my sister-in-law, but I haven't, uh, booked any big trips. Oh, that's awesome. So that's still good though. Even just having one trip on the calendar, it feels like like that's returning back to normal. (laughs) I'm afraid of customs though. Like there are so many hoops you have to jump through to get back in the country or to visit a country. Yeah. 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 So we're, so what we have booked is in in June, we're going down to Virginia beach with some other friends that have kids. And we're just renting a house down there in August. I rented a house on Lake Anna. So that's just a couple hours away. We'll drive. And then in October, we're going to Paris, um, with my mother-in-law for it to celebrate her 60th. Oh, wow. That's good. Um, and then in December, we're going to Vermont to go skiing for Christmas. And then in February, we're going to New Zealand because my wow. 
cousins have lived there. We've been talking about how we're going to make it to New Zealand. Then I had two kids while they were there and it just like hasn't been the right time because it's like such a huge flight, but we're finally, they were going to move to Singapore. We were going to miss them entirely, but they've decided to stay in New Zealand. We we have to book tickets immediately before they leave. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, I I booked Iceland with my mom for February of next year. Fun. Yeah, I haven't traveled with her, so we'll see how that goes. Like a um, mom, like a mother-daughter trip? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I that's love so that. so cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then I think uh, my husband and I need to figure out somewhere to go. Our five-year wedding anniversary was last October, and between pandemic and being pregnant, it just was not a good yeah, time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I would like to get down to Peru at some point this year. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, I've heard such good things about Peru. But we'll see. It might be next year. I have like three back-to-back trips coming in June and July. So it's going to be like, um, so we're going to Scottsdale and Vegas in in one week. And then right when I get back, I have four days and I'm going to St. Thomas to celebrate a friend's 40th. And then three weeks after that, I'm going camping in Wyoming on a girl's trip. This this is the year that all my friends are turning 40. (laughs) So there's, there's like celebrating 40 uh, birthdays in different locations this year. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. Well, Jess, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great to catch up and hear how you're doing as mom and, and working for a great company, Octa. So we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you both. It was an honor. Well, I'm sure uh, I will definitely be in touch with you guys. A couple ideas brewing for my Q2. Oh, good. Definitely let us know. Definitely let us know. Yes, absolutely. Have a good one, ladies. I'm uh, off to prep for the next call. You All right. too. Take Have care. A great Have weekend. a great Friday. Bye. 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 Yeah.